This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Hurricane Fiona has caused major damage across the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, including severe flooding, mudslides, and power outages five years after Hurricane Maria caused similar devastation. Hundreds of people have been evacuated to safety, and there have been at least two deaths. Five years ago, Puerto Rico suffered historic damage from Maria and waited for help from the federal U.S. government, which was then headed by Donald Trump. In 2021, Puerto Ricans took to the streets in mass protests, demanding a change in government. Today, Hurricane Fiona's damage adds to that which remained in disrepair after Maria. Fiona, meanwhile, has strengthened to a Category 3 storm hurtling towards Turks and Caicos Islands. Climate change has unleashed bigger and stronger storms in recent years. We go now to Puerto Rico to speak with Julio Lopez of Verona, who is the chief of campaigns at Center for Popular Democracy Actions. Welcome to the program, Julio. Thank you for having me. First, let's talk about what exactly has happened in Puerto Rico with the devastation of Fiona before we remind our audience of what happened five years ago. What has the last few days brought to Puerto Ricans? It's been a really interesting week. Uh, We um, got word that a storm might be brewing about a week ago. Um, And in that moment, what has been announced was it was going to be a, a small storm that would bring some rain. Um, and then by Thursday or Friday of last week, we started hearing that it was going, it was growing stronger, um, that it would bring historic amounts of rain and that it would potentially become a hurricane. Well, it was, it was uh, still on Puerto Rico. And um, that's more or less what happened. Like the storm is was extremely slow. It was going at like eight or nine miles per hour. Uh, it uh, hit hit the island on the southern west side, but it really is a large storm. So so it um, uh, pounded the island for more than three days. We still have uh, some uh, rain uh, related to the storm happening, and it was very much what we unfortunately expected to happen. Uh, the um, the flooding was historic. It was 30 inches or more in some places. Uh, communities were completely flooded. Uh, people have been uh, displaced. Um, and on on Saturday and on Monday, on sorry, on Sunday uh, morning, we actually got a complete blackout of our grid. Um, which, if you think about the impact of the storm, which was mainly around flooding, uh, was something that troubled us. Uh, because even if we knew what's going to happen, I, I think that the the reckoning in this moment is like, what happens if another storm comes? Um, and are we in a position where we can respond, given the, you know, the impact that this storm was able to have on the island? All of this happening, of course, on almost exactly the fifth anniversary of Hurricane Maria, which devastated Puerto Rico. Um, How much had been rebuilt and how much hadn't been rebuilt? Uh, This was, of course, under Trump's presidency. But, you know, it it wasn't as though pre-Trump 
The U.S. federal government uh, did enough for Puerto Rico either, but uh, give me a sense of how, of the sort of injustice in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria in terms of lack of government attention, federal government attention. Yeah, this is where the story becomes like the worst day of whoever. I remember talking to reporters you know, just before Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico. And at that point, we were very worried. Puerto Rico had been, had, was in the middle of a historic uh, debt crisis. And many, if not most of our resources were really being channeled uh, through paying the debt. And those conditions and policies meant that most of the money that had, like that should have been invested in infrastructure and improving our roads and improving our star- storm surge, um, uh, buildings and all that hadn't been done. Um, so when Hurricane Maria happened, we all were very knowledgeable about what would happen. Um, and uh, what we got was total devastation from this uh, from this storm. Five years later, we have um, the, the U.S. government gave Puerto Rico billions of dollars in resources. Many of those resources were actually not, haven't been, a, been able to arrive in Puerto Rico. Um, and for a long time, Trump withheld those uh, resources from Puerto Rico. At the same time, the control board that oversees Puerto Rico's finances has limited the amount of money that actually goes to municipalities. Um, and while all of that happens, um, when it came to the roads, when it came to um, the, like the, the kind of like continuing effects of austerity and debt cuts were, were amplified. Um, so we arrived five years later in conditions that I would say are probably worse. Uh, one of the best and worst examples of what's happening is uh, in Utuado, which is a municipality in the middle of the island. Uh, there was a temporary bridge that was built after Hurricane Maria, and Fiona, with you know, within the first hours of hitting Puerto Rico, just took that uh, took that bridge like it was made of. I don't know, whatever, uh, something really weak. Um, so the the things that we're seeing today are very much the things that we hoped would not happen, which was like communities would be ready to respond. We would have flooding uh, infrastructure ready to support um, people that are live near the rivers and near the water. Um, and that people would actually have the electricity we lost uh, five years ago. Um, and none of that is happening. Like right now I am in San Juan, which barely got hit by the storm. And about 10% of people have, uh, have electricity, which means that 90% of people don't have electricity. And that, that's about 1.2 million people in Puerto Rico that currently have no access to electricity. And in some cases running water because electricity is connected uh, to running water because of the pumps that help the water move. Julio, do you think that the that Puerto Ricans would have been and the infrastructure in Puerto Rico would have been able to better withstand Hurricane Fiona had infrastructure been properly rebuilt after Maria, had bridges and uh, the electricity system been fortified against what we know the predictable outcomes of climate change are. Yeah. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. These are predictable outcomes. We knew this was going to happen. And both the government, the control board, and in some cases, in, in many cases, the U.S. government did not do anything. 
We knew there were communities that had to be moved to places where they would be safer. Uh, we knew that climate change in Puerto Rico was affecting us directly. You know, you don't have to go far. Like a mile from here, there's a beach that is almost in existence um, and that existed two years ago. So all of these things within the billions of dollars that should have gone to Puerto Rico should have been used to make sure that people were safe. Um, and that if people were in places that historically were unsafe, then we use that money to make sure people are in a place where, where they are safe and we are protecting them. And the sad part about this is that while this is happening, Puerto Rico is allowing millionaires and billionaires to come to pay no taxes and to actually take over many of the spaces that are safe for communities to be, to be on. So there is a like almost intentional displacement of communities and threatening of communities that have historically lived here while there is like an opening for communities that have never lived here and what are doing is gentrifying the island. And those are not facing um, any of the effects of this storm. Right. In fact, uh, if the same storm had hit a uh, wealthy territory or nation with uh, strong infrastructure, you wouldn't have seen likely these sorts of power outages and certainly not the deaths we've seen so far, two confirmed dead. And of course, the death toll five years ago with Hurricane Maria was far, far higher, unconscionably higher. Mm -hmm. Um, So what you're referring to is also sort of a political crisis, but uh, Puerto Rico has been hit by multiple political crises. I mentioned 2021, but really 2019 was where we had the mass protests, the ousting of Mm -hmm. uh, Governor Ricardo Rosseo. Did the devastation from Hurricane Maria fuel the removal of Ricardo Rosseo? And is the current leader better? I would say the short answer is yes. uh, after like the activism happened to take uh, to um, to oust Ricardo Rosselló, that really like ele- like elevated the new for, for the need for new political parties and new people um, running for office. Uh, through that, uh, there's this movement called our political party called Movimiento Victoria Ciudadana that uh, won uh, a bunch of seats in 2020, and there has been kind of a a new a group of people that have been activated and have been fighting um, the fights we see now against the new electrical company that was privatized, Luma, RNX is like an example of that. Uh, the, the kind of like the activism we see around climate change is an example of that. Um, and then we have Pierre Luisi, who uh, is, in, you know, a very kind of like close friend of Ricardo Rosselló's cycle. Um, he is a very, like, he's a neoliberal, almost Republican person that has been riddled with conflicts of interest. He is problematic in itself. He also won only by 35% of the vote. Um, so his ascendance is also kind of a, an interesting influx moment for Puerto Rico because new political movements are, are happening. And that is forcing this governor to take actions that in other places it would not. Like he has raised uh, um, salaries for teachers and for uh, firemen, for example. Um, so there is an important moment of movement that has allowed for more progressive values to be implemented in the government, like protecting pensions and other things. While at the same time, we still find that the same pro- problematic characters are there and very much like what we see um, uh, after Fiona, what we see as part of the response of Hurricane Maria, like what we're battling with with the fiscal control board, they are all like a result of a broken system that 
is still continually being kind of like fought by people like me. Um, and in that sense, we see this fight as a marathon because it has to do with colonialism. But I, I would say personally, I see a lot of bright spots. I see a lot of people taking action. I see like political movements growing. And that is an important, um, an important moment that we should kind of like point to and try to develop as much as we can. Well, it sounds like some of the changes that have happened in the past uh, several months or a year under the new leadership has to do with social movements pressuring Pierre-Louisi mm-hmm. to, to do things like raising salaries for teachers. And it has been quite remarkable and quite um, inspiring to see mass movements in Puerto Rico take charge in a space that they, you know, that, that activists clearly see they've been um, thrown under the bus by their local leadership, uh, forgotten or, uh, you know, turned into political pawns by the federal government, uh, especially under Trump. There was so much uh, politicking and political posturing by Republicans over Puerto Rico. All of this mm-hmm. t- to say that it has definitely inspired mass movements. What What sort of mutual aid efforts are uh, also happening on the ground because certainly communities when they realize that there isn't going to be much help coming tend to develop resiliency on the ground as much as they possibly can Mm. as puerto rico remains you know majority of puerto rico remains without power right now when you and i are speaking what sort of aid efforts on the ground are you seeing neighbor to neighbor you know activist-led efforts yeah Uh, You know, this is a story of a lot of frustration for people like me, um, but also a lot of hope. Uh, And there's a a saying in Spanish, um, uh, uh, something like solo el pueblo apoyo el pueblo, uh, which means like only the like the like the uh, like the people support the people. Um, And that's, you know, what you're referring to. Like there is a growing movement of people that are working together to support each other. Uh, I am happy to like share a link if you want to share it um, of different groups. Um, there are groups in Loisa, like Calle Salud. There's the Brigada Solidaria del Oeste. There are folks providing like free legal help, like Ayuda, um, ayuda Legal. Uh, but there is a growing movement of people um, that are not only includes nonprofits, just like people helping people that are really kind of stepping up in this moment uh, because people don't trust the government because people won't give assent uh, to the government and because we have been let down. Um, so there is kind of a, a two-sided story here. One, which is about resilience and uh, fighting back. And another that is about uh, frustration and, and you know, kind of understanding that the reality we live, uh, we live every day should, is not normal. It should not be normal ever. When we look at the uh, overall picture here with the federal government, what do you think needs to happen? I mean, there's the on-the-ground efforts, then there's the local efforts, local political efforts with regard to the governorship. What about the U.S. federal government in this moment? I mean, we unfortunately don't hear nearly enough from lawmakers about Puerto Rico, with the exception of people like Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. What needs to happen? What's your message to the U.S. federal government right now as uh, people are still reeling from Hurricane Fiona? Yeah, well, 
there are many things that need to happen. Immediately, we need to make sure that the money is moved as quickly as possible. And we need to make sure that that money is put on like the like community and directly impacted folks hands like and that's so what do you mean by saw. money is there is there are there emergency funds that get triggered when there's a certain level of devastation usually when there's a declaration like an emergency declaration that allows the federal government to move money to the places where that uh, emergency declaration happens so that's the first thing that should happen making sure that that money is not only moving to puerto rico but moving to the communities that are affected at the same time, Congress should uh, evaluate if there is a bigger package of support that is uh, moving to Puerto Rico. I haven't heard anything um, about that yet, but my hope would be that that happens. But I think Congress should also, on the kind of more medium to long term, think about the structural issues that Puerto Rico is facing. Uh, one of the things that we are asking for as an immediate step is the uh, abolishment of the control board. There's Puerto Rico right now has a, a fiscal control board that oversees um, all of our finances. And that control board has uh, been extremely good about giving uh, hedge funds and corporations money, money extremely bad about like actually doing something for Puerto Rico. Uh, we also, you know, there's like pro programmatic things that happen every year, like Puerto Rico doesn't get the full amount of money it should be getting for Medicare and Medicare. Um, so when it comes to parity for Puerto Rico for the resources it needs, immediate money that moves into the, the uh, hands of like directly affected communities and the abolishment of permit, like of, of, of the control board, those seem like immediate steps uh, that, that need to be uh, taken in this moment. Where can people find out more about the work that the Center for Popular Democracy Actions does? Uh, they can go to populardemocracy.com, uh, uh, where you can find out more about like our work. We work uh, on org, with 48 affiliates. Dot org, uh, 48 affiliates across uh, uh, 31 states, DC and Puerto Rico, and we work, you know, from the from climate to Puerto Rico to immigration. Um, and you know, I am happy to also share some links uh, with you um, of like resources that we're using in this moment to support uh, communities. Please do, and we'll post them on our website. Thank you so much, Julio, for joining us. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. My guest has been Julio Lopez Varona, Chief of Campaigns at Center for Popular Democracy Actions, speaking to us from Puerto Rico, where residents are reeling from devastation of Hurricane Fiona. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com, by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali.